Welcome to my Love Life Podcast, episode number 197, Getting Out of Survival Mode. It's January 28th, 2024. I'm your host, Lisa A. Lundy, author, blogger, YouTuber, motivational speaker, and who knows what else. (laughs) I am also a member of the Newsweek Expert Forum. What I do is I help people be happy, healthy, and well-loved, even when life is extremely difficult. As my disclaimer, this podcast does not constitute medical or therapy advice in any fashion. There is no longer any music for my podcast, as I work to be inclusionary for people who are hard of hearing or have hearing loss. I invite you to join the movement and get other podcasters and social media individuals to ditch music when combined with voice. That is the end of the non-musical intro. Getting out of survival mode. Oh, this is such an interesting and big topic. We're going to distill it down. Before I start breaking it apart, I would like to say visit my website, enter my giveaway. I hope to have the winners notified in March of the prizes shipped and have be all caught up. As I mentioned in the intro, nothing I say in this podcast is designed or entitled or designed to be or taken as medical or therapy advice. I am not in that field. I do have transcripts for my podcasts on rss.com. They are not in a great format. I am working on figuring out a way to correct that, so bear with me. Coming soon, I will have categories for my podcasts on my website because apparently I have so many people are a little overwhelmed, so that's coming. Last, if you're feeling suicidal, if life is too hard for you, if you can't go on, my request is that you call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255 or call or text 988. Getting out of survival mode. I have to say at the outset, I spent many years <laughs> of my life in survival mode, not even knowing that I was in survival mode. I didn't have that concept or idea. Some of you might not have the concept of where I'm going with this either. Had I not had a very high GAF score, that's the Global Assessment of Functioning, it might have been more readily apparent to myself that I was in survival mode. But you can actually be in survival mode and be highly functioning and and go through life. So survival mode isn't something necessarily you can look at somebody and go, oh, they're in survival mode. Now, there are times when you can look at people or hear something and think, oh, they're in survival mode. And some people will tell you, oh my God, leave me alone, I'm in survival mode. So survival mode frequently kicks in when people experience a trauma, a big life challenge, or some painful situation. Now for some people, survival mode is all they've ever known. And in the literature, survival mode is also known as continuous unresolved stress or chronic stress or flight, fight, or freeze. So other terms include chronic stress, continuous stress, unresolved stress, or flight, flight, fight, or freeze response. 
So let me give you a few sides. Now these sides I'm going to cover are potential sides. They're the t kind of the top ones. These signs or symptoms do not mean you're in survival mode. They are possibilities that could mean you're in survival mode. So we're going to distinguish that. They could just mean, some of these symptoms could just mean you're struggling. There is a distinction between struggling and survival mode. All right, I'm just going to list them off as a numbered item list. So hopefully when we get the transcript issues resolved, this will show up as a numbered list. That is my fingers crossed open prayer. One, unresolved or prolonged stress. Two, forgetting to eat, overeating or snacking. Three, being unable to make decisions. Four, feeling unmotivated. Five, desire for numbness. Six, lack of focus. Seven, memory issues. Eight, mood swings. Nine, fatigue. Ten, compromised immune system. Eleven, emotional dysregulation. Twelve, aches and pains. Thirteen, everything is urgent. Fourteen, negative thought patterns. 15, neglected relationships. 16, sleep, lack of sleep or sleep disturbances. 17, constant anxiety or heightened or increased anxiety. 18, basic needs are overlooked. 19, feeling overwhelmed. 20, you feel alone and helpless. 21, lacking self-care. 22, feeling indifferent or not caring. 23, the smallest thing sets you off. So those are signs you, it's possible that you might be in survival mode or struggling. Now, certainly mood swings could be because of some, everything on this list could be because of something else. So it's just kind of a place for you to start. And the list, by the way, goes on and on. That's the partial list of the top things. As I looked at the research to distill things down, sometimes when I look at the research, it's very hit and miss and, and very inconsistent. And I will aggregate research to come up with a complete list because I can't find a complete list anywhere. All right, so the mechanism of flight fight or freeze with respect to the brain is relatively well researched however that whole science doesn't really forward this conversation i'm a fan of science i'm a diehard fan of science but only when it forwards the conversation and provides something meaningful i didn't really find anything you know you might want to know about the amygdala yeah we could talk about the amygdala i don't think that serves anything so i left it out all right so first of all two questions how common is survival mode and what causes survival mode? Let's start with the latter. What causes survival mode? What causes someone to go into survival mode? So here was a short list. Life challenges, trauma, domestic abuse, domestic violence, abuse of any other kind, dysfunctional parents, bullying or mistreatment by a sibling, discrimination, crime or assaults, natural disasters, bad parents of all kinds, death, illness, divorce, breakups, etc. So we know in the world, statistically speaking, that over 70% of the world's population has had a trauma. So we know that over 70% of people in the world have had that type of experience. So that type of experience, a type of thing that causes 
people to go into survival mode is extremely common. So we know the causes that help people fall into survival mode are extremely common, making survival mode extremely common. I have said this in previous podcasts, but if you look around at people, the next time you're out at a store or at an event or, well, don't I wouldn't probably count concerts and maybe sporting events where people are generally happy, but generally speaking, otherwise, if you're out and about, look at people. How do they look? Do they look well-rested? Do they look tired? Do they look well-cared for? Do they look happy or unhappy? irritable, peaceful, look at people, like really look at people, look at them. Now, I'm not talking about someone who has a so-called fake exterior, like a Ken or Barbie made up thing. And we do have people where that's their persona. They wear a lot of makeup or they're extremely, you know, over the top groomed. And it's, it's part of who they are, but it's, it's not necessarily authentic. So I'm talking about just looking at people in general, looking at their affect. What is their affect? So as I mentioned in a previous podcast or two, I did this with my kids when they were very young, (laughs) many times. And I would say to my kids, look around, look at people here. How do they look? And my kids would go, well, they don't look very happy or they look kind of mad or they look kind of sad. So, you know, we have people who look like they're in survival mode. They may or may not, but what they're not looking like is they're not looking vital and alive. I did a recent podcast on trauma bonding where I talked about trauma, betrayal trauma, trauma blindness. And this is one source that propels people into survival mode, yet they might not know it. They might not know that they have a trauma, they might not know they are have a trauma bond. They clearly would not be aware if they had betrayal blindness. And we're just not talking about this. We're not talking about shitty parents. We're not talking about crappy siblings and horrible families and abusive spouses. We're not talking about a lot of things. We're not talking about parents who say such bad stuff to their kids that their kids lose it. We have normalized bad behaviors and we are making some some good behaviors abnormal. We are sweeping important things under the rug. That includes ideas, concepts, conversations, you name it. You know, where is the acknowledgement that if you are going through a certain life challenge or trauma or adverse experience that you would almost certainly or probably be in survival mode? Where is that conversation? How did I get to be so old before I heard the term? Oh, when you were this age, you were, this would have caused you to be in survival mode. Like, how did I get to be so old? And just find that out. I'm I'm reasonably well-read people. I mean, I'm not the smartest apple in 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 the bushel. I'm not. I never will be, nor do I care. But I'm not like an idiot and I'm fairly well-read. So we're not talking about all of these things and what would propel or unleash someone falling into survival mode. So let me just give you a list of things that could so easily tip a person into survival mode. Death, 
dying, terminal illness, health problems of any kind, divorce, cheating, financial problems, having a baby or adopting a baby or a child, a a, having a disability, getting married, breakups, domestic abuse, bullying or mistreatment, job loss, bad parents, bad families, discrimination, crime, assaults, abuse of any kind, natural disaster, having a special needs child or special needs adult child, addictions, being a caregiver, mental illness of a parent or a child or close friend, suicide of a loved one or friend or family member, poverty, homelessness. You get the idea. These are all very common, extremely common. So, why does one life challenge or event put one person in survival mode, but not everyone? Isn't that the question of the day? That's the question of the hour. Why do some people slip into barely surviving life and other people, it's not so bad for them? So here's a list of things that would make a difference. My invitation to you, it's a just pure invitation is as I'm going through this list, this is the list of things that would distinguish someone falling into survival mode or functioning okay. My, my invitation is, as you listen to this list, who taught you this? Did anyone teach you these things I'm, I'm going to cover? Just listen from that point. Did, did, do I know that? Did I learn that? Who taught me that? One, emotional regulation processing and management skills. Number two, healthy coping strategies. Three, self-care. Four, self-compassion. Five, empowering attitudes and beliefs. Six, goal setting and attainment. Seven, having people who love you and who will help you, aka love and affection. Eight, resilience. Nine, problem solving or being resourceful. Ten, assertiveness. 11, standalone self-esteem. 12, emotional intelligence, distinct from the first line item. 13, having hope. 14, rational thinking. 15, in integrity and character. 16, life skills. 17, how to heal from trauma. Oh wait, what is a trauma? 18, healthy boundaries. I don't know about you, but most of the people I know did not get assertiveness training as a child, young adult, or even middle-aged adult, or even old adult. And I know more people in the world have low self-esteem than, than at 85% than people who have healthy standalone self-esteem. So clearly we're not teaching people these things, which is why it's so easy for a life challenge or big major difficulty to have someone topple into survival mode. So if anybody taught you those things, I would give them a pat on the back and you're very lucky. So you would of course be in survival mode if you weren't taught all of those things in my humble expert opinion. So uh, some of you though have the expectation that you should be able to power through life like the, just the way you are, even though you don't have tools. My opinion is, if you're like me, a regular person, 
you don't even know the tools you don't have. Like, I didn't know I was a rational thinker until the last couple of years. I did not know that the executive functioning of my brain was very well developed, blah, blah, blah. Like, I'm a regular person. I'm not a therapist. How would I know? I had emotional skills. So we're not talking about the things we need to talk about. Therefore, many people don't know that they're irrational or many people might know they have low self-esteem, but they don't recognize the impact. And, and then there are a, a fairly significant number of people who have this expectation. They should just be able to get through whatever it is. And I say that's unreasonable and it's grossly unfair to expect people who don't have emotional processing skills to flourish in life. I don't think that's fair or reasonable. I don't think it's fair or reasonable when no one taught you about boundaries or self-care or any of these things. I don't think it's fair or reasonable for you to have an expectation that you would just naturally be able to deal with whatever shows up. Now, you may be able to deal with whatever shows up. And if so, I'm proud of you. I'm very happy you are in a small percentage because that's not how it's going for the majority of people. Everything that I listed before that can cause someone to fall into survival mode is very difficult and very painful, extremely painful. We teach children in America and in the world how to read, how to do math, etc. We te teach them those things. At the same time, we are not teaching children young adults, adolescents, teenagers, or even adults, the most important thing that they can learn how to learn how to do, which is how to deal with their emotions. Human beings, unless you've had a lobotomy or unless you have a severe brain injury or unless something else, you have some other diagnosis, human beings work off of emotions. We're emotional beings. That was, that's one of the things that makes us special. So my point is survival mode in the world is extremely common for good reason. Two, survival mode is just so reasonable and fair given what we are not teaching people. And number three, um, you know, we could do interventions to prevent people from slipping into survival mode if we chose to. And for some people, survival mode is their, is their norm. It's all they've ever known. Their life has been hard since childhood. Trauma after trauma after trauma. They can't catch a break. And this is how they do life. Now that doesn't make me happy. That makes me extremely upset and very unhappy. At the same time, I understand that is the case for too many people. We know statistically a high percent, the highest percentage of Americans will have at least one adverse childhood experience growing up. We know that. We know over 70% of the world has a traumatic event or trauma in their life. Like we know these things are factual, but we're not teaching people how to be human with their emotions, which is one of the things that would make a huge difference. So what this really has to do really for, from my point of view, because my point of view is I want you to be happy, healthy, and well-loved. 
I want you to have an amazing life. So to underscore what, where, what does that really mean? That really is pointing to your quality of life. So the issue with falling into survival mode is an issue of quality of life. The topic of quality of life is 100% subjective. This is not something that's measurable and that's agreed upon in any way, shape, or form. But for you, you, you have an idea what quality of life is for you. Now, you might have this feeling that you're not deserving of a high quality of life. You might be of the opinion that your life is shitty because you're shitty, which is not true, by the way. That is in no way true. Uh, but you might not feel deserving. If you have low self-esteem, you might say, see, this is the best I get because this is all I deserve. But my point is, my interest for you is that you have a quality of life where you're thriving and flourishing as opposed to simply surviving. There's a difference between surviving and flourishing. There's a, there's a, there's a big difference. So what is your quality of life? Well, I don't know. Are you happy? Are you doing well? Like, you know, if not, you might be struggling, which does not necessarily mean you're in survival mode. You could be struggling and be in survival mode, or you could be struggling because of a life challenge, yet you're not at the level of survival mode. I, I simply want to drive home the point that because you're struggling, that doesn't necessarily mean you're in survival mode. You may or may not be. I cannot tell on the surface. In either case, Dealing with your emotions and taking appropriate actions are what will help boost your quality of life, which is what I'm interested in, is not being in survival mode. And I have to say, I, I have a lot of skills and abilities, I think that hopefully is obvious, without sounding like an arrogant, hubris-filled, you know, jerk. Um, I, I really had no idea this concept of survival mode until 2018 when I got kicked out of therapy for being too healthy and mentally healthy, which is what I talk about in my podcast titled, What is Therapy Anyway? But like, I was kind of like amazed as the therapist was explaining, oh, well, for sure that would have put you in survival mode and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, like, hmm. Like, how did I get to be this old and not know this? So I have some suggestions, which would apply if you want to move, if you're in survival mode and you want to move away, get out of survival mode, which is what I want for you. These suggestions also apply if you're simply struggling. And I don't know where you are about that. Like, I don't have a problem saying I'm struggling. If I'm struggling, I will say, not necessarily to everybody, but to close people, I would say, you know, I'm really struggling. Now, I haven't been struggling for a couple of years because I, I, I mean, I had a couple major, awful, bad traumas go boom, boom, boom. I think there were four or five in a row in, in a couple month period. And I did say to a couple of people, you know, I'm really struggling. I'm doing well. Like I'm working everything, like I'm get, having everything handled. I'm just struggling because this, a lot of this is so painful. And this is, you know, part of the issue of dealing with your emotions is you have to be able to deal with your emotions. So there's a difference between struggling and survival mode. These suggestions will help you either way, or if you're somewhere in between. Number one, I suggest you do a self-assessment. 
How is your life going? Are you frequently exhausted? How happy are you? How often are you happy? By the way, you could be fairly happy or very happy and still be in survival mode. <laughs> One thing I learned in 2018. I know, I was very surprised. I learned a lot. I learned a lot getting kicked out of therapy. So being happy and survival mode aren't necessarily mutually exclusive. There's like a Venn diagram where they could overlap. So how do you view the quality of your life? Where, where are you about that? This is your assessment. While you're looking at your life, I, I do not suggest that you compare yourself to others. You can do that. People do that all the time. I suppose if you did it in a positive way, I would have no objections, but it's really not typically from the research. Comparing yourself to others typically does not produce a good result. So mm, probably not do that. And I certainly do not recommend that you beat yourself up. I know many of you you're just so mean to yourselves. I want to cry. I want to just like wrap my arms around you and give you a hug and say, oh, please, please be nice to yourself. So being hard on yourself isn't going to be helpful. You can do it, um, but it's not going to be helpful. But start with the self-assessment. And, and if you're in survival mode, that's too much. Take what you can from what I'm covering. So that would be where I would start if you can do it. Number two, as I just kind of alluded to, be kind and generous to yourself. Now, without emotional training, without understanding trauma, without knowing, uh, being taught about coping mechanisms and boundaries and assertiveness and all the skills I covered earlier, how could you possibly expect to still be alive at this point? Like, it's a big deal that you're alive. And quite frankly, I'm very proud of you, regardless of whether you're struggling in survival mode or some in between or whether your life is doing great. I actually did a podcast about why I'm proud of you. Because if you understood the things that I'm covering in my podcast and the research, you would probably feel good about yourself. You, you would probably feel proud of yourself. We're just hardly giving people the basics of life. So what we're teaching them social studies, math, and science. The thing we need to teach people is emotional processing and skills that is done in your mind, which is what my workbook is about. Okay, so if you're struggling, if you're in survival mode, the biggest thing that you can do, in my humble opinion, to help get out of survival mode and get out of struggling is to learn emotional processing skills. Emotions are what tank people almost every time. I have a free workbook on my website. You don't have to register. You can just go to the website and take it right below the Newsweek logo. Now, you will have to learn these skills a little bit here and a little bit there. Like, you know, it's a it's a 30, how many pages is it now? Like 30, it's like we're on version 6.0 with probably, for sure changes coming later this year. Now, if you're in survival mode listening to this podcast right now, I know where some of you are right now. You're like, oh, oh my God, she's impossible. I can't do that. Oh my God, what does she think I'm made of? Listen, I've spent enough years in survival mode. Like, like <laughs> probably I could say decades, plural. I understand survival mode, people. I really do. I understand struggling. I understand trauma. I understand this stuff. What I also understand is sometimes you have to put the life preserver on. If you're on a sinking boat, get the life preserver on. Stop whining. Stop complaining and put the life preserver on. 
Would you, if you were in a boat that was sinking, would you, would you hold the life preserver in your hand and go, oh yeah, should I put that on? No, you freaking put that on as fast as you could, you know, say your name. Emotional skills and abilities are your life preserver. They are your life jacket. I promise you. This is why life is hard. This is why you're in a struggle. This is why you're in survival mode. I promise you. Now, the difference between my workbook, the free workbook on my website, and what's on the internet, which we finally sorted out. Like we've, it's taken me a long time to sort this out, people. Is is that what's on the internet is physical things you can do outside of your mind. Like punch a pillow, draw a picture, talk to a friend. Like processing your emotions and managing your emotions happens in your mind. That is where it happens. If it doesn't happen in your mind, it doesn't count. Your mind is what keeps track of that. And the emotions you don't manage and process, according to the research, lay there in your subconscious and unconscious mind in wait. They lay in wait for you. So I understand if you're in survival mode or you're struggling or deeply depressed or whatever state you're in that you don't feel like going and getting a downloadable free workbook. And I understand you might not feel like learning how to manage or process your emotions, but it's the life preserver, people. It's the life jacket. Why would you say no to the life jacket on a sinking ship? Now, if your life is thriving and you're flourishing, you're not on a sinking ship. You're like cruising the coastway on eight cylinders having a ball. So put the life preserver on. Get those skills. Number four, put together a plan based on your self-assessment. That's assuming that you were able to do a self-assessment about issues and problems that need to be addressed. Then set appropriate goals to chip away at your issues or problems. One day at a time. One moment at a time one small step at a time. When life hands you multiple life challenges or a very hard big challenge or problem or whatnot, you have to do a little bit here and a little bit there. Goals can help you be happier. Goals can help you take care of your issues and problems. Put together a plan. I have several podcasts that will help you. Number five, keep it in perspective. When you are struggling or in survival mode or facing big problems, it's very helpful to keep things in perspective. So for example, right now I'm facing gigantic problems. And if you've been following my podcast for the last three years, well, you know what some of them were prior to the car accident on Labor Day last year. So I have big problems. I also have big goals and I keep it in perspective. You can't be left with a pile of debt and have all your assets taken and expect it to be done overnight. That's not how that works. So you keep things in perspective. That is so helpful. And sometimes people get unrealistic expectations or their perspective is way off. So get grounded in reality. I have a plan and goals and I'm executing them a little bit here and a little bit there, but I keep things in perspective. I suggest you do so too. Number six, be resourceful. Think outside the box. I have a podcast about being resourceful. That might give you some ideas if you need. 
All right, number seven, who can help you? I know most people don't like asking for help. I'm not, I'm not like, I don't love asking for help, okay? I don't love it. I do it. I do it as needed, when I have to, blah, blah, blah. But who who could help you? You might be surprised. Like I, I help somebody and uh, I won't even say when or where or what. And I just had a ball. They, they, they needed a little hand. It's something I happen to love and enjoy. And it was like, it was just beautiful. So beautiful. So who could help you? Be open and receptive to help. And I, I promise you, you might have to ask a bunch of people. You might not find the right person right away. But people will help you. I promise you. Number eight, self-care. Diehard fan of this, do it every day. When you are in survival mode or struggling or facing a big life challenge or difficulty, it is extremely valuable to engage in self-care, which goes beyond just your grooming, which my podcast on self-care and self-compassion will help you with that. Number nine, love and affection. Love and affection is extremely valuable in every sense of the word. I have several podcasts on love now. Bring that into your life. Number 10, commit to growing growing yourself like a boss. Like make it playful, make it fun, but learn new things. Have a growth mindset and decide, you know what? I think I do need more fun. I think I could use a little more love and affection. Hmm, I, I think that sounds pretty good. Yeah, it does sound pretty good, people. It is good. Uh, number 11, reward yourself. I have a podcast about a reward system. Go listen to that. Yes, you want to reward yourself. Why not? I don't know. I don't know. Well, you don't have to. 11, uh, 12, healthy boundaries. Oh, yes. Have healthy boundaries. And someone I was talking to recently said, well, everybody has boundaries. I'm like, no, everybody doesn't have boundaries. A lot of people have boundaries and some people have almost no boundaries and they are completely entitled to whatever they want. That, that's enough said on that. 12, excuse me, 13, discover any trauma. If you're in survival mode or if you're struggling or facing a life challenge, it could be in part, in part, I say, because you have a trauma bond and a trauma bond is going to basically keep trauma in play, even though it might not look like that because sometimes trauma bonds and trauma is, is like the abuse is, is, uh, not overt, like it's not blaring the horn. I'm abusing you. I'm abusing you. Sometimes abuse is a little more stealth and exploitive, but discovering any abuse or trauma bonds will help you as you move away from either survival mode or struggling. 14, rational thinking is a must. I talk about that in the emotional workbook. You do not want flawed thinking. You do not want flawed perceptions, inaccurate perceptions, inaccurate judgments, inaccurate thinking. No, you don't want that. And my workbook talks about rational thinking. I also have multiple podcasts on rational thinking. And once I have the category set up on podcasts, that will help you sort that out. 15, if you need therapy, go get it. There should be no shame or embarrassment if you need some form of psychotherapy, in my humble opinion. So ditch any shame and embarrassment or embarrassment if you need it, go get it. Number 16, when you are in survival mode, struggling or facing a life challenge or what have you, 
it's helpful to understand how the science of neuroplasticity can help you. It can help you change. It can help you grow. The whole idea is you're growing new neuronal pathways. But that's helpful because some people who aren't familiar with neuroplasticity think that they can never change. Neuroplasticity basically means you can rewire or reprogram your brain. Given intentional actions or intentional stimuli done repeatedly over a period of time. So you can change. And even if you have been in survival mode your whole life, you can change yourself and change your life. The next thing that number 17 is understanding a tidbit. And I do mean a tidbit of psychoneuroimmunology can help you if you're in survival mode. That explains the mind-body connection. You could be having physical pain or aches or headaches or GI distress or sleep problems or any other number of physical symptoms that could be related to an event or emotions or what have you. Actually, we know that from trauma research. Trauma research indicates physical, behavioral, cognitive, emotional impacts to trauma. So understanding a little bit of that will go a long way as you work towards flourishing. My whole goal for you is that you're flourishing. You're thriving. You're saying, I can't believe this is my life. I'm like the luckiest person in the world. That's what I want for you. That's what I really actually want for you. I understand I understand how hard life is, people. I have some sadness and pain that has spanned my lifetime and I will go to my grave with. That doesn't mean I'm, I'm happy about that. I'm not happy about that. Nobody's happy about pain or grief or loss they have to carry with them. But that's how it goes with some situations, whether it's loss, grief, death, what have you. So you as a human being, though, you need every tool, you need every trick, you need every empowering attitude or belief or habit or practice. And that's what I'm here for to support you. So grow, love, learn, and, and move away from survival mode or struggling into flourishing and thriving because you can with intentional actions over time. I hope that's been helpful. I do love you. Hang in there for now. I'm Lisa Lundy saying thank you for listening to my Love Life podcast, episode number 197, Moving Out of Survival Mode. I certainly hope you will get into action, learn how to manage or process your emotions, and move away from survival mode or struggling. Share this podcast on social media to help other people who are in survival mode. Together, we can change the world. I love you. Bye for now.